Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Merry Christmas. I know it's a sermon, but you can say it. Merry Christmas. There we go. There we go. As Luke retells the story of our Lord's birth, he invites us into a startling contrast. I don't know if you noticed it or not. The contrast between a world that is breaking open with excitement and a woman who is taking the pieces and pondering them in a way that deepens her joy. On the one hand, we have a world that is breaking forth in excitement. God has peeled back a thin layer of sky so that when the shepherds look up, instead of seeing stars, they see angels. The sky is filled with the glorious light, and angels now converse with mortals. Angelic choirs break forth in praise, and when the shepherds hear this heavenly music, they think they are in the presence of God. But the angels sing about God's presence among them. The shepherds run to see what has been told them. They visit Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, And then Luke tells us that they return telling others about what they have seen and heard. So on one hand, you have a world that is breaking forth in excitement. And yet, on the other hand, you have Mary. You have Mary who, as Luke tells us, is treasuring these things up and pondering them in her heart. Mary's life has been shattered to pieces by God's work. Think about this for just a moment. The visit by an angel complicated her betrothal to Joseph. The birth of her child without a home and only a manger? And now shepherds with their story about a broken sky and angel song. While heaven and earth are breaking forth in excitement, Mary takes all of these pieces and tries to hold them together. She tries to put them together in a way that deepens her joy. I would like for us to join Mary this evening. I would like for us to take the pieces of this story and join them to our lives so that we might have a deeper sense of God's abundant joy. To do that, I want to focus on just one small part of that story so that in the midst of excitement of Christmas this year, you too might experience God's abundant joy. The part of the story that I would like to focus on is the message of the angels to the shepherds. During Advent, we prepared for this evening with a series of sermons. Sermons that listen to the various people. Voices from the edge. People whom God sent with a message for His people, preparing them for an experience of grace. Here on Christmas Eve, notice how we have another voice that's from the edge. One angel first appears, and that angel says, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. A great joy. What is it that makes God's joy so great? 
Normally, when we say that something is great, we usually think of greatness as being self-evident. Okay, guys, you go to work, and one of the guys there at work asks you if you saw the game this weekend. You say, yeah. And he says, wasn't that a great play? There is no need at this point for you to watch the game and try to figure out which play he's talking about. There is one play that stands out. One play that was shown on instant replay five times. One play that was talked about after the game. One play that was on the evening news and one play that was in the newspaper the next day. When we say that something is great, we tend to mean that it is obvious. A great play, a great book, a great movie, a great restaurant. For us, when something is great, it is so obvious. But that's not true for angels. When the angels tell the shepherds about a great joy, Notice how the angel needs to give them a sign. Right after the angel talks about this great joy, the angel says, this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. If this joy were obvious, the shepherds would not need a sign. They could just go into the city and ask the first person they find, and they would point them to the right direction. Instead, the angel offers the shepherds a sign. And that sign leads them to a place they would never go. That sign leads them to Mary, placing her baby in a feeding trough. Here, you could argue, is the least obvious place for joy. Think about it. Mary has just had her first child. But if we consider her circumstances of this birth, Mary's just traveled approximately 65 or 70 miles during the last days of her pregnancy. Walking or riding on a donkey. No ergonomic chair. Because of the census, she's been forced to leave her home and journey to Bethlehem. And when they arrived there, they found that there was no room for them. She goes into labor, has her first child, and now while she recovers, she's forced to set him to rest in a feeding trough. You would think that if this birth was of God, it would have had better timing, right? It looks like everything is working against them. Isn't that how we often think if something goes well? We say, oh, that's a God thing. But if something doesn't quite go right, or even goes horribly, we think, maybe God doesn't want me to do it. In our minds, we think God is either for us or against us, depending on our life circumstances. But thinking that way, one would certainly argue then that God was against them. All the circumstances seem to say that God is against them. And yet the angels declare that this is of God. And this is God for you. That, you see, is actually 
the point. God's joy is great because it's not limited by human circumstances. You don't look at your life and decide whether God is for you or against you. You listen to God. And God has declared that He is for you even in the most trying of circumstances. The joy God brings does not depend on our circumstances. It depends on His love. His love for you. For that reason, His joy can be found in the most unlikely of places. Because the joy God brings depends on His love. And that joy can happen anywhere. Even in the poorest circumstances and smallest of places, it can enter into even the meanest, lowest, most common places and claim these things as the working of God. That is a comfort for us, especially at Christmas. There's a pastor once who saw this comfort in a very real way. He had a parishioner who was spending her Christmas at the bedside of her daughter who was dying. Lois was his parishioner, and her daughter Kathy was in one of the first weddings that he performed when he first came to that church. And this year... Kathy was dying. What started out as breast cancer had spread to her brain and her bones, and Kathy was at home in hospice. One day when Pastor came and visited, he told Lois he was sorry. I'm sure it's difficult to go through this, he said, especially this time of year. Yes, Lois said, yes, Pastor, it's hard. She told him how she and her husband we're getting all of these Christmas cards from friends who didn't know what was happening. Every day, her husband would bring over the mail and she'd open card after card wishing her a Merry Christmas. Now she was staying at her daughter's house. And they'd put a bed, a hospital bed, in the living room. And she slept on the sofa, so her husband brought her the mail. Every day, someone was sending her a card and wishing her a Merry Christmas. And she said, I'd like to send out cards this year, but I just can't. And the pastor told her, of course she wouldn't send out cards. People would understand. But then she said, no, pastor, you don't understand. I want to send out cards this year. Because this year I know what Christmas is really all about. He asked what she meant. And she told him that Christmas is about God being with us. She told him about how she sleeps when her daughter sleeps. And gets up when her daughter wakes. How she gives her morphine and turns her and changes her and bathes her. And she said, I know I won't be able to do any of this if it wasn't for God. I know He is here with us, and He's bringing Kathy to be with Him. This Christmas, Lois is picking up the pieces. She's taking the excitement of her friends at Christmas, the cards and the letters and the suffering of her daughter, and she's holding them together, pondering them, and discovering a holy joy. 
Lois is trusting in the true joy of Christmas. God came to be with us so that in the end, we might be with Him. So often when it comes to Christmas, we spend so much of our time wanting to make everything perfect. We search for the perfect gift. We try to cook the perfect dinner. And we look forward to the perfect family gathering. Because we have a picture in our mind of what the perfect Christmas should be like. No, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. It's good to want to rejoice and celebrate this day. But in the end, we must understand, none of us, including me, is perfect. All of us have sin. There are arguments that never seem to go away. Perhaps it's a divorce or a death or just an emotional detachment. And when we recognize that, it threatens to ruin our perfect Christmas. But it cannot ruin the work of God. When we sit there with the pieces of our perfect Christmas broken up in our hands, we begin to recognize the true message of Christmas. God has looked upon us, seen our sin and our suffering, and has chosen to have compassion. It's a free choice that He has made. A choice to be with us. A choice to love us, regardless of our circumstances. That's why He became human, so that He might live among us, offer His life for the forgiveness of sins. He has lived, died, and rose again, and promises that I will never leave you or forsake you. When you find yourself taking a moment this year to pick up the pieces, remember this text from Luke 2. Remember this voice from the edge, the message of an angel. God has given you a great joy. This joy is great not because it's obvious so that everyone sees it. No. It is great because it is based on God's love for you. Because God in Christ loves sinners. Because God in Christ dies and rises for sinners. His joy is deep and rich and abundant. And tonight it is here for you. Listen to the voice from the edge. This angel pointing to the sign of God's love for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. God has come to be with you in Jesus so that in the end, you might be forever with Him. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.